<laughs> I, I forget. I should just hit record as soon as go. I'm going to write that down. Um, so I, anyway, I like playing this game sometimes where I get on one of these calls and I'm, I know I have to pee just to see how long, just to hold it in, like just to see how long I can hold it. You know, it's a true exercise. I'm training. Mental strength. Yeah, it's mental yeah. fortitude. You know, can you focus on your guest and your conversation while also having this deep urge? You know, it's tough, but we do what we got to do. We all sort of suffer from that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently more as you get older. The, ling the lingering -year -old, urge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The 88-year-old granddad <laughs> would tell you something different, too. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> What's happening in the world of Chopper Dave Robinson? Do you still go by Chopper Dave? Yeah, I, you know, I go by a lot of things. And, and many, you know, whatever you want to call me right now <laughs> per, it works as well. Chopper Dave works great. Um, it takes a lot, man. It takes a lot to pull me from the garden. It really does. Uh, I've got a, my partner, Ruslana, and I are on about a third of an acre. Uh, near a park outside of downtown Richmond, uh, kind of tucked back in a little neighborhood. And um, we've got our backdoor neighbors raised chickens. And so we've, we've got a weekly egg exchange going on with them for various miscellaneous homesteady items. Um, and we just recently started adding some permaculture techniques to my three plus year old gardening experience now so now i'm taking things from more annual perspective and just focusing on kind of specific plots and keeping things kind of neat and tidy into more uh natural ways that things would synergistically work together we've added in rabbits ratting and quail we've got bees coming here in the next month and a half or so so we got a lot of fun projects going on man i was just building a peach tree guild and i had a timer on my watch and i was like i have mm. an hour and 23 minutes to work before Matt Gallo and I dive into our conversation. So I bet you got a lot done with that, with the, the pressure of the clock, <laughs> you know, uh, pressure, uh, need deadlines, you know, not, not to do lists. So yeah, it was nice. It was a nice little, like close to 90 minutes of awesome garden style. And, uh, I've been doing a lot more, Alan, honestly, this is funny. I've been doing a lot more observing, hmm before like i would have taken that hour and a half and just like been go 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 and i probably spent 30 or 40 minutes of it kind of just contemplating and observing and looking and seeing and kind of planning and then acting mm. and it, i get just as much done and it's done more efficiently and i make less mistakes so, so like, you would usually like just jump at it and start and then figure it out as you go instead of taking some time to process and to make decisions and yes strategize yes. And, I, and i naturally you know i naturally leans to take the time to process and make decisions and strategize but then i, I have uh, i experience that external plus internal pressure of like go get stuff done do it now mm. like uh the hustle you know that type of thing and so it's it's just interesting when i not necessarily resist that but more lean more into what naturally comes to to me and in my way of being and interacting uh things to tend to go more smoothly for me mm. <laughs> lo and behold so <laughs> you know fun times man fun times
Is this something you just realized, like recognized in yourself? Uh, it's something that I've been working with over the past, I would say, three or four months. Uh, I've been applying it a lot in the garden and kind of seeing really, uh, you know, I took a made a to-do list for this building, this peach tree guild, which is like a, a collection of plans to do mm-hmm. similar and synergistic things. And um you know, I got like two things done out of the eight things on the list and mm-hmm. <laughs> today. And I feel like I've been spending a lot of time to do this. And at the same time, while that may be true, I'm a lot happier, I think, with the results rather than if it's like, okay, I'm going to do all this today, ready, set, go, mm. and start flying through it. So I've been embracing that more kind of just making progress every day towards making the backyard mm. a more sustainable place for myself and my community so uh and then being happy that it takes longer than i think but it's really cool when the projects <laughs> come together isn't that funny it usually takes like way longer i just uh, yeah. r- right before this call i came in uh, i was out for a walk on the phone and then i came in and i i noticed that my my new standing desk got delivered i ordered a standing desk for, to replace this thing that I've got. I'm sitting on a stool, super uncomfortable. I'd rather be standing. Um, but I ju- it just noticed it was like at my doorstep and I started bringing it in and I noticed I had like 12 minutes to get on this call. And I'm like, I'm like, I let's see how far I can take this. And I, I, I got the thing unpackaged. I got the, the, all the parts laid out and the box like put to the side. And then I was, I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to, I can't put my attention on this now. We're good. And I realized there's so many more parts than I thought <laughs> too. And, but it's a good prep. It's a good prep. Yeah. Now you can walk into that after yeah. this, you know, or whenever that time uh, presents itself and really start to, to go to town on the project. I like to call it like, this is what I call chunking. Right? We chunk things into little bites, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we get to this conversation? Is this something, I mean, oh, dude, this, I see this all the time with clients that I work with. It's just a problem of time management and setting good expectations, like for how long things are going to, things are going to take. And it's definitely a piece. Yeah. Do you notice that too with people, with like people you've worked with or how did you come to realize this in yourself? Like you, you have that pattern. I noticed So I've been doing a perfect day exercise, like a one year and a three year ever since like 2016 or so. Hmm. And what I've tend to notice for myself is that I will not, I rarely hit my one year goals, put it to you that way, even with, with goal setting and with um, you know, perfect day exercise or vision casting, like whatever, whatever thing you want to do is projecting forward. I very rarely, like if I, if I set 10, one year goals for myself, I'll, I'll hit four of them, three of them. Right. But my three year goals, my three year vision, I'll tend to hit eight of those in like 18 months. Right. So I tend to like, the longer term things will happen sooner than I think. And the shorter term things won't happen nearly as fast as I think they'll happen. And I've been understanding and kind of reflecting back on my life and seeing things work in roughly like three year cycles of Mm -hmm. focus and effort and interest. And then 
things won't necessarily like die off completely. Some things will, but other things will take their place and more in my focus and intention will kind of shift into, into a different direction. And I'll work on a particular mastery or skill set and, and, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, uh, you know, another area or something, I guess, more intently. And I found myself to be really adaptable and able to shift directions and see things uh, uh, change years and, you know, just kind of go with the flow on, on things and be okay with those things more often than not after a period of time, you know? And so I've really been noticing this pattern and again, kind of leaning into more uh, this style that feels more, more natural and understanding that, one of my favorite quotes is uh, there's no such thing as unrealistic goals or dreams, just merely unrealistic timelines, mm-hmm. you know? And so, okay, if I let go of some of the timelines in my head of, oh, I'm going to have this <laughs> by this stage, or oh, I'm going to do this by next week or next year, you know, then yeah. zoom out a little bit and look at the progress made over three years or five years or a decade. And it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. it becomes more palatable and achievable. I think sometimes Dave, like it's, it's hard to perceive like exactly what you can accomplish in a certain amount of time. Like our perception of time is just, it's, it's flawed. We think it's accurate based on experience sometimes, right? We think that our, we can estimate like the impact of that of something, but usually it's, it's tough. And what's, what's interesting is like, we think of things in days, weeks, months, um, but you said something about like things happen in moments, right? Days, weeks, and months is, is not a real, it's not a real thing. It's just like a story that we utilize to quantify time. But if we separate from like the timing, like the it takes seven days or it takes something takes three months or six months. If we separate ourselves from these like hard wired, like rotations around the sun rotations on the axis and as we revolve, right. But separate from that concept, like a calendar (laughs) and just imagine what the end result is going to be regardless of time. Like that could happen tomorrow, you know, like you can have this imagine, you can have this beautiful vision of what life is like, you know, exactly 273 days from now, because of all the steps you're going to take, and all you know, the, all the chipping away. Or you can imagine that, you know, and say it's tomorrow and it's the same thing, right? Yeah, we we live in the eternal now, mm. and it's it's that's that's always the moment in time and it seems like a fraction of time but it is really like the eternal mm-hmm. moment of now uh also known as presence yeah presence yeah exactly <laughs> another like cool it, it, we, we just got real like deep there and pretty far out there for some people i imagine we'll bring it back down to earth <laughs> Boo. Boo. Dude, you should have seen the conversation the the podcast i did with chase like every single conversation every like topic we talked about just got ridiculously spiritual and and also we talked about quantum physics and like these things 
this is interesting for some people. What could right, what, right. what could make it interesting for most people, right? Um, I, I'll anyway. follow your lead. I'll yeah, you said something yeah. uh, that I that jogged this concept before about how now you're looking at like this longer term, like you're looking at the longer term thing, longer term goal, this year long outcome based on daily incremental progress. And I talk about repetition a lot being really valuable. And, you know, Mark England says repetition is the mother of all skill, which I think is cool when you actually think, think about that idea, that little quote, the, as you do things, regardless of whether or not you like, you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. As you take steps, you, you actually improve. Even if it's wrong, even it's the wrong, if it's the wrong thing. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can learn a lot by the process of elimination. You know, sometimes right. going down a path you think is the right thing and <laughs> having it not be that thing clears up a whole bunch of space for the next step in the evolution towards gaining whatever knowledge, experience, skill, wisdom, whatever mm -hmm. that you can ultimately have that be the new floor from which you make that next move you know do you do that with intention though uh i do that more with i guess reflection i guess uh i mean yeah i i, I go into situations and i go into periods wanting to learn things and wanting to master things you know mm -hmm. and then i guess it's it's through reflection and contemplation that looking backwards i can see the progress that i've made right just you, know, you can connect the dots going backwards a lot of times you can't see it in the in the moment and things that mm. are failures or missteps or you know uh dreams fell apart or you know whatever it may be hard rights yeah we go through we go through some emotional yeah. shifts you know no right. doubt no doubt you know but those things can often are very uh, or can be viewed positively once you're past them. I I was uh, I heard someone talking about this recently about basically about time travel, but you talk about bringing things like back down to earth. Time travel. <laughs> Once you become aware of the present, it immediately goes into the past. And so what we're actually thinking, we're always thinking about the past in that regard, but how close, how much, how close to like the recent past, because that's where you can affect the most like change for like the future actually going forward. And I love what you said about looking back and instead of doing something with intention or yes, there's intention and there's also reflection and looking back and checking in and noticing what worked, what was good for you, what, you know, what opportunities did you see? What did you miss? And that sort of creates a, a way for you to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And a framework to make decisions moving forward. And a lot of times as humans, yeah. we learn the most from our mistakes and missteps and, you know, things of that nature. And so, uh, or <laughs> I think some types of people I'll, I'll lump myself into this type of person <laughs> learns from going through things versus through the advice from others oftentimes and i gotta 
you know, I get popped on the wrist or slapped in the face or whatever. And it's like, ah, that's why they say don't do that. Or, that's <laughs> why they say this, that, or the other, you know, and it's, uh, then it gets jogged in there and it gets filed in the memory bank of, you know, don't touch the hot stove, Dave, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Roger that, you know? So, um, I, I think in that way, failure is good. Failure is good. I agree with you there. I, and I was just, I just wrote about this like a week ago. My son touched a hot stove, <laughs> like actually touched the hot stove and I couldn't like stop him quick enough. And he started crying and he was, you know, scared. He was hurt. I looked at it on, it was just on his hand and there was, there was nothing there. So he was all good. Um, he just got a little shocked. Right. And I thought to myself, like, you know, could I prevent this? Could I prevent him from touching the hot stove? Like probably problem soft talking knowledge. I probably could have prevented it if I had been focused more on him or maybe made sure that he was far enough away from the stove where he couldn't reach it. Like, of course I could have done something different. Um, and is it valuable that he got to do that? Yes. Like he got to make that mistake. And with that in mind, like, what's my reaction? I think about this stuff all the time as a parent, like how am I, what, what's the best reaction in the moment? Because I know how much like what happens in your childhood gets imprinted on the rest of your life. So I'm very aware of like, you know, how, be, how we behave around him and what we say and you know, sort of how we handle the situations. You know, I think about this, like, what would my reaction, what's the best reaction here? And I go through this process and I was like, oh, there's, you know, comforting and being present without saying anything would be really valuable because, hey, it's his experience he's having. My advice, would that be really helpful? Like, would my advice here be, be useful or would him creating his own like next step be useful. I imagine, and this is what I was writing about. I, I distilled this down. I imagine that you touch a hot stove once and you're like, fuck, I made that mistake. Won't do that again. You might say, right. And then you do it again because, you know, once it's not enough, you, you, you forget, you're going to forget. You need to create more context around the don't touch the stove thing probably by the fourth or fifth time you're like, all right, now it's never happening again. And your sort of subconscious takes over. So it actually takes multiple repetitions. I'm curious because what you brought up was like this jogs, this idea, you said, you know, what if I just listened to the advice that I get from people or something along those lines, if only I would have listened <laughs> When in reality, like we need to experience things anyway, don't you agree? Like, don't we need to go oh, through it ourselves in, in some way? For sure. To For really, sure. to yeah. really like develop a, a, it as a habit. And, and to in, really ingrain it, uh, you know, and I'm to play on that hot stove thing, you know, I don't know about you, but now before I clean the stove, I'm like, I'm either looking at the device and seeing like, yeah, does it say hot stove or I'm putting my hand over it before I 
take the paper towel and rub it down, you know? And so I've, I still am cautious, but it doesn't prevent me from interacting with the thing. I just have a different mm. res- level of respect for the, the tool or the situation or, you know, whatever it may be. And so, um, and I think that, that gets, you learn that through lessons, you learn that through age, you learn that for, through repetition and that analogy can be played out in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. When it comes to what you're doing now with the gardening, and I don't know, we started talking about gardening. We so I imagine there's so many other things going on in your life right now, Dave, <laughs> other than gardening and now these existential crisis kind of conversations. Um, I, and I imagine this is also showing up in other places, like in your work and in whatever you're doing professionally. You're starting to recognize like that it's these small incremental steps that are going to help you to reach this longer term thing. Um, and as you take these steps, it's important for you to experience it all, right? To go through the repetition, to fail sometimes, like make some mistakes and, and actually think for yourself, like, oh, I guess this sort of works. And it's helpful to have a framework, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. so in, in what other, like, um, where else do you see this applying to you, to your, to your like life right now? What else is going on? What else are you working on where you're applying this like concept? So I have been very uh, positively influenced by a train of flaw. This guy, Rick Collins, I believe his name is. Uh, he wrote a book called Die on Zero. And it's about the intersection of time, health, and wealth. And how at a certain point, you know, well, today's cultural culture says work really hard, you know, sacrifice your, your, spend your time, sacrifice your health to gain wealth. And at, you know, 65, you retire, and then you can go and have the, the fun that you want to have, right? You know, that's kind of the traditional thing. And I know we're well out of that line of thought, but just using it as, as a, just part of this framework, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, that's really struck me, right? And I've been working on this framework for both my clients and for myself where I'm, you know, it's like uh, uh, talk about these five F buckets, right? Faith, family and friends, fitness, finance, and fun, right? Mm-hmm. You know, faith, I would categorize as your uh the level of an amount of existential conversations and crises you're having on a regular basis your you know your your uh level of of interaction with and comfortability comfortability with your own religion or faith or belief systems or spirituality or whatever your comfort with god etc cetera, etc cetera, right um family and friends you know are those relationships prioritized and going the way you want them to go you know are there any glaring holes or things positive and loving and uplifting and all those things that you want right uh and those the family bucket and the friends bucket can be two different scores um fitness is more health just happens to start with an f and fit into the bucket conversation right but it's you know health wellness fitness all combined right and you can flex any one of those gears at any particular point in time uh, finance is your working relationships and the things that that fill the economic reservoir, so to speak, right? From a, a professional perspective and financial perspective, and 
fun is, you know, kind of self-explanatory. It's, it's the hobbies, it's the, the other stuff. It's really like the, the live-in with the capital letters, you know, it's the, how you feel on your relaxation time. Uh, sometimes you can check multiple boxes, you know, stand up paddleboarding with the family on the weekend might be fitness, family and fun. And that's, that's great. You know, mm. but I've, I've found myself being more conscious of these multiple areas of my life, giving myself a rating, you know, both like I'll sit down and do the exercise, you know, every six months or quarter or something like that. And, mm -hmm. and then kind of in my head, I'm kind of have this floating rating ish. And I've intentionally put a lot more focus and effort on the family bucket mm. and, and uh, lumped the homesteading, permaculture, gardening, this new, this thing that I'm really, really interested in, in with my finance professional bucket, even though it's not really that. That's kind of how I'm justifying it with myself. Uh, Tax write-offs, yeah, I got it. Yeah, it. It could be, and it can be, and it will be uh, down the road. That's part of the, <laughs> the longer-term vision, you mm -hmm. know. So, um, but I put my focus on these various areas, and understanding that the health side is so important. Mm -hmm. My time, how I spend my time, is really important to me, and you know, some of some some of the time that I have now with my 18 month old nephew and my 88 year old grandfather and my mm -hmm. 65 year old mom, like, I mean, I'm not going to get back in terms of the quality of the, this time and the time spent with them. And so, um, you know, I, I have been pouring more into those buckets this year and mm. that's been very fulfilling for me in a lot of ways. What do you notice? Uh, you say that's fulfilling. Like, what do you notice is different about your life? Like, what specifically are you noticing now that these all of these buckets are getting a fair amount of attention? Um, less anxiety, more calmness, more general life satisfaction and happiness. Um, I think better overall health. Mm -hmm. um, less existential stress. Uh, less pressure on myself, you know, uh, even from like a financial perspective, you know, just less pressure on, on big long-term goals and more on incremental progress, uh, not trying to necessarily hit home runs, but looking at February being like, okay, looking at March and I got my March finance focus sheet right here. And I'm like, oh, like I did pretty well in March for like the things that I said I wanted to do, you know, and it's like, okay. And now I can look at April and um, understand that the progress is being made in mm -hmm. areas all across the board. And maybe that's more beneficial for me right now than putting more focus and energy into one or two particular mm. buckets at the, at the uh, detriment of others. You know, because all of these, if I can get an eight out of 10 on all of these, that to me is like, man, I'm doing great. And I'd rather yeah, be at a eight out of 10 across the board than a 10, a 10, a four, a six, and a two, because all of these things are important to me. Yeah. It sounds like you've come up with a really like easy way to measure like what's important to you. Like you've, you've really created like a value set here and you're absolutely certain about 
what those are and what goes into them and how to measure it. And that's like the value there. That's the tool is you can actually measure your improvement in areas that are not, aren't necessarily like they wouldn't norm ordinarily be measurable. Right. Oh, oh, absolutely, man. And, and one of the best things that I'm doing with my clients that I've seen has been really helpful is, um, you know, we, we aim for the low hanging fruit, right? So we, we do our one to 10 measurements out of the, each bucket. And it's like, okay, well, what are some, what's the action plan between now and next time we meet for how to gain just plus one in each of the buckets? You know, let's take faith. Okay. Well, and I'll just do it for me just because this is top of my head right now. It's like faith. Okay. Well, I could pray more. I could be more intentional about before I go to bed, waking up and praying praying, you know, mm -hmm. and, and maybe I get four out of seven days or five out of seven days, but it's more than the one or two days right now that I'm doing. So that would definitely be a plus one in my faith bucket. And so great. That's the action plan. Right. And then I'll do my utmost to follow through with that and then go through each mm -hmm. way, you know, my family, Oh, I could call my grandmother on the other side of the family that I don't talk to as much. You know, I could plan to visit them. Granddad's not doing so well there. Okay. Like, great. That's going to be a plus two probably in that bucket. Mm. You know, uh, and then just go down the list and start to really do the things that we know we need to be doing, could be doing, should be doing, can even do. the things we want to do. Like th these are the things exactly. people say they want to do, and and then they're not. And well, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things we could do. You know. Yeah. Uh, so again, the framework and the way to score it and, and, and measure it, you know, fitness, I need to walk more. I need to get more steps in. I was crushing my steps hmm. earlier in the year and I have been spending more time in a, my, on my th one third of an acre walking around, which you believe me, you won't get a lot of steps in your backyard if you spend a fair amount of time out there, but it's not mm -hmm. like going out on a walk. I need to do more walks, right? Okay, cool. That's the action plan. Get more walks in and just yeah. keep it going. gives you a real like systematic approach to achieving some, I mean, it's what we can call balance. I like to call it more like integration. So you're taking a, a strategic approach to like really solid integration of all the things you love and all the, th all the feelings you want. And what, what tends to happen as a result of that, we, we reduce, you're actually reducing stress. You're reducing burnout by adding, like appreciation and fun yeah and you know the tide yeah. raises all ships typically right. as well so if things get better on one bucket it tends to get better in, in other buckets and yeah how are you how are you um what's your plan for this like concept you said you do with your clients is that is it something you're like um you're building out as a way to like support people is it something you're doing with like one-on-one -on -one clients like what are you doing from a business perspective yeah so my my professional practice is about 90 percent story work you know i'm doing one-on-one yeah. -on -one work with folks typically in, in a long-term uh commitment you know i'd either do eight sessions or 24 sessions and so typically that's you know, two to three months or up to a year, you know, mm -hmm. six months a year. And um, I really like that a lot because that allows us to, you know, I've been playing with this concept for the last three months, mm -hmm. but now I've been using with using it 
with with clients and testing it with them and it's you know it might be the 17th session with you know joe schmo and you know and it fits really well on because of what the main focus is is you know hey we're trying to create some more synergy in our life and we're mm-hmm. focused too hard at work and burning myself out and i'm falling back into these old patterns and it's like okay well let's find some easy wins let's focus on a couple other areas of life let's check out this bucket exercise and you know mm-hmm. so i just found it to be a really great exercise to drop in and and it's been something that's been top of mind for me in, in my coaching over the past couple of months. Um, you know, from a professional perspective, uh, it's largely story work. I sprinkle in some healthy holistic habits in there. Um, I've got a podcast with our dear friend Brooks Meadows called the Serious Fun Podcast that is uh, a deep dive, funny two segment show that's live produced and contains all the things that we can't say on Instagram <laughs> and want to say uh, and the podcast platform provides a great platform to do that um, and I've got you know like I said I've got a bunch of plans for building out a over the long term Rue and I are going to buy some acreage here in Virginia and build out a uh, kind of mini farm permaculture homestead where we have an abundance of food for ourselves and for our community. And, um, you know, we have a lady picking up two of our rabbits tomorrow. We've got 14 rabbits right now. We started with three on February 22nd or something like that, you know? And so, uh, we're selling rabbits. We're going to be selling meat, quail meat. We're going to be, uh, got a little co-op here selling cut flowers, doing, doing fun stuff and doing it here and while I'm building to the next place, Mm. learning, messing things up. How far off are you? Yeah. Right. How far off on you are you from like purchasing uh, a property? I imagine you've thought about that. Like the time for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say end of 2024 is the goal that's, you know, in the context of our conversation, we've had old Dave would be like, oh, I'm going to do it <laughs> you know, into the, yeah. by July, you know, and like the realistically, like that's not going to happen. And yeah. uh, unless, unless I was sacrificing from other buckets and pulling three points from all those other buckets, then yeah, I'd put 12 out of 10 into the work bucket and then maybe I can fit in finance bucket or maybe I can pull mm-hmm. that off, but I, I don't want to do that. And so, right. you know, um, giving myself an 18 month, you know, 15, 18, 24 month timeline for that is uh, manageable and reasonable based on where Rue and I are and what we have going on and also allows us to really learn a lot more from a permaculture and from a, uh, like what we want to do and like plan out what we want to do so that when, just have a more clear vision of the type of property and the type of place that we would mm-hmm. want to do the next thing that we want to do. Cause I think right now we know what we want to do, but it's not crystal clear as far as the type, the place, like mm-hmm. I, I have this vision in my head, but that vision can get a lot clearer. And I imagine that given the appropriate timeline, when that vision clears up, the opportunity will present itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm in whatever manner it needs to for us to make that happen and 
and the cool part is, man, you know, again, not attached to the timeline. Like mm-hmm. that could happen next week. Like who knows? Right. And it could happen in five years. And I'd be like, oh, I'd be 40 and have my <laughs> 180 acre farm in the Shenandoah Mountains. Like, hey, Dave, you're going to be 40 and have this. Like, are you going to be mad? Like, no be stoked you know so if it yeah. takes five years then great you know like uh, learn even more you know and so it's just being unattached but knowing mm-hmm. that it's inevitable and still applying that pressure like that's that's what's been fun that i've been playing with recently yeah i like i like how you said like basically how as you gain more clarity around the what and around what it is and and it get it becomes like really vivid in your mind like that's when it's more likely to happen the, the opportunities will sort of just present themselves mm-hmm. clarity creates speed right and it's also really cool to hear how you're like applying this these like five buckets like the five f's you're applying that to the, like I would say the level of importance of that as a goal or the urgency of it, like it, it's not the most urgent thing. It's going to happen in this time frame, and I'm cool with the slow progress also unattached. And because you're so focused on all the other stuff, like you have like systems in place to keep those other tabs open, like you're able to deal with this and not put the pressure on yourself. Like, chill out and approach it with like i imagine more clarity like way more um open-mindedness you know for sure uh and it's more in line with i guess the way that my brain works and how i tend to naturally work with things where yeah uh, i am adhd and my mom would joke with me and say you're not ADHD, your, your, you know, interest deficit disorder, not attention deficit disorder. (laughs) If I'm bored, man, I'm out. And it's like, you can't get me back in. (laughs) Right. It's very tough. Once you you decide, yeah, like I'm over it. It's hard. For sure. And so, you know, on the flip side of that, like I'm very, uh, when I'm engaged, I'm very engaged and I'm, I'm leaning towards the thing that, Mm -hmm. that is most interesting to me at at the time. And so, uh, and I tend to like be engaged for long periods of time, but then that turns off other things, you know? So in this context, like I know that the, let's just say this fit, this, this, uh, you know, finance bucket, right. Mm -hmm. The, the professional bucket, like, uh, there's some opportunities coming up in the next, you know, call it two or three months, um, where I know that once those, occur and when I'm in that place and that mindset and that zone and that time frame that I'm going to be putting a lot more energy of thought and energy of time and energy of my presence into the mm-hmm. finance bucket and thus that wheel will turn and be greased and grooved and move more easily you know mm-hmm. and in that time frame I'm not going to be putting to uh, the garden at all because I'm not going to be here <laughs> Right. So there's going to be a whole month where that's just like (laughs) going to just do what it's going to do, you know, and I'm going to be putting time, energies and efforts into other things. And so I'm instead of like stressing about that, Mm -hmm. which would be my, you know, uh, uh, 
has been my inclination before. Yeah. It's understanding and accepting that and going with my focused interest and attention Mm. versus trying to battle it and combat it and pull it into a a direction that it doesn't want to be. I don't Mm. want to be in. So. Yeah. And there's the argument against balance, right? Because balance isn't the thing. Like balance would assume that one side can be heavier than, than the other side. And we sort of out, we, when we put our attention on one thing, it outweighs others. But I think you could build up a, like a buffer and I think you could integrate things really well so that you could devote time and energy and attention and all of that to one of these buckets without losing your shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> True. Like, cause, cause True. you could like, I've been there where I'm all in on making money and the sacrifice is like relationships and the sacrifices is often health, especially if you create, you, you create your own stress, you're creating the stress around this thing you don't have or this thing you want. So you're putting so much attention on like business finance. It's just going to, it causes so much disturbance. And what I love and what you said is like, there's an acceptance level, right? It's also like a detachment thing. Like you're detaching from any of it and you're cool with like not having it for a little while. You're cool with sacrificing. You're cool with going all in on one thing. If you can do that, this is like, this is the hard part. And this is a cool lesson for everyone listening. Like if you can do that really well. It's, it's just being, you're just so present with what is happening right now. That's all it really is. But if you can do that really well, you can manage a lot. Like you can, you, you can be ridiculously productive and also really fulfilled. Just being able to like not be thinking about other shit all the time. There's a, I'm just, sort of makes sense <laughs> in this context, but yeah. one of my favorite John Muir quotes is I'd rather be in the mountains thinking about God than in church thinking about the mountains, you know, and, and I find myself mm. most present when I'm barefoot, shirt off, sun on my back, <laughs> hands in the dirt, yeah. you know, uh, in interacting with nature in the space that we have, you know, and, and one of the really cool things about uh, this particular focus of mine that I see as a, the next like long-term cycle that I'm entering in right now hmm. uh, is from a finance perspective, you know, for a lot of people, once you have your house taken care of and once you have, excuse me, you know, your basic bills around the house, power and water and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The next biggest bill is often food, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, not only from a financial perspective, but also from a health perspective and a sourcing perspective and a quality perspective, quality control perspective and, you know, whole nine yards, like the, Mm -hmm. the investment in, in the backyard and into permaculture techniques and into, you know, creating food is exactly that. It is, it is an investment because I'm getting that back in mm-hmm. s- sustained nutrients for myself and my community and uh, saving money, like mm-hmm. barely going to the grocery store like, at all, which is freaking great. Just That's awesome. To, like, 
out of season fruits and some stuff that I didn't plant last year that I'm not going to be able to like garlic and onions and stuff that I need to wait until the fall of the plant mm-hmm. to get next year, you know, but it's just like little things, you know? And so checking off a couple boxes and fast forwarding a little bit, um, you know, being able to be in a position, create a position to purchase some land and apply some of these techniques. And I'm probably going to dig up every freaking bush and tree and other plant I've, I've planted out here in the backyard and take it to my new spot whenever that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just, just being able to, to really plan for those things while staying present and being very, mm. like, that's very fulfilling to me now. It's very, it's very sustaining to me now in a lot of different ways. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I could operate like this, uh, almost indefinitely. And, mm-hmm continue to make progress towards those goals. So again, whether it's 18 months or three years or whatever, it's just, it feels like this is, this is a good groove. Mm. I think it's a really um, important and um, admirable quality of a leader to be able to like actually have a goal and, and focus on strategy and focus on this long-term vision and have their attention often there like in the future while also being really present and this is a it's it's definitely a skill like you can polish this skill you could practice it and develop it and it's when you have this skill it's it becomes like a superpower it's 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 like driving (laughs) yeah it's like you're driving on the road and you got to stay present you can sort of check out but sometimes like oh some traffic up ahead i gotta tune back in you know but like you're Mm -hmm. present and your goals are, are like the, the, the signposts, you know, mm. or like the, the, Hey, you know, Richmond, 76 miles, you know, and it's like, boom, I'm trying to go to Richmond, take me 76 miles. And then you driving and it's like, yeah. you're not really changing. You're not, maybe you pull off for gas, but you get back, you head the same direction, whatever. And it's like, you're operating Richmond. a vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Richmond, 62 miles. And it's like, mm-hmm. boom, there's my goal. I'm still heading towards my goal, you know? And so that's yeah. the frequency at which I, I like to think about. Hmm. the goals while still staying present because otherwise I get caught up in the, you know, the comparison game. I get caught up in the woe is me and why not now? And I make mistakes and I like, you know, I stress myself out and, you know, I, I take away from buckets when I don't really want to take away from them. I just get anxious and like, hmm. ah, I don't want to pull <laughs> from that and do this, you know? And so yeah. it's just much better to just keep it long-term and focus on the present Mm. for me, for me, for me, for me. So is what works for you could work for other people too. If you're in, you know, if you're in Dave's shoes, right. If you're in that position and you have that tendency to like get hooked on the short term or, and, and, and (laughs) my amount of, you know, responsibility, right. Like, you know, if I have a, baby doing six months for the first time then like oh shit I, yeah. you know might have to drain that fun bucket for a while and <laughs> take, take well, those 10 points and maybe maybe not you know i'm just kind of uh, stereotypical there but at the same time like the yeah i got you prior- i know what you mean priorities will shift your priorities yeah, do shit. shift what's cool and what i love about your system here with your five buckets is like your priorities your priorities can shift and without having to take away from anything like without having to like yeah without having to take away from anything that's still important to you like your your priorities are going to shift 
frequently. I, and I mean, your priority is always shifting because we can only have one. Like we can't have many priorities. That doesn't really make sense. Priority is the one thing, the one focus. Typically, it's the thing in front of you. It's the, it's the thing that's right in front of you. Like that's the priority. Um, or the thing that's going to lead to the next thing that's going to lead to the next thing. That's a bigger like perspective priority, right? Well, you think about the difference between like the peak performance and optimal performance, right? Yeah. Peak denotes the top. It's, you know, the peak of the mountain, the top of the mountain. Like you can uh, maybe like I've got a race in three weeks. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a Spartan race. It's an ultra marathon. So it's, it's 30 miles plus 60 obstacles. I've never done this distance before. It's my 10 year anniversary of the first time I did a Spartan race. I've done like 60 of them. Nice. Send it out on a limb. And like, I, I, so I'm going to try to peak that fitness bucket mm -hmm. just for like three weeks, you yeah. know, and make that the most optimal, right? But most of the time I'm trying to be optimal across the board. And that again is not typically going to mean a peak in any particular thing, but you're right. right that priority for three weeks so that this goes smooth and I stay uh, healthy and injury free is to peak the fitness button for a while, bucket for a while. And go crush go it out yeah. <laughs> on, crush it and then be you know return that back to optimal and then allow yeah. some other points to spread elsewhere you know what's cool so. is eventually like your base your baseline level becomes your optimal performance and if that if that's possible if you can get to that point i mean well then what becomes i mean you because there's still going to be progress you're still going to make incremental performance like you don't lose your fitness that quickly which is another way of thinking about this. If you were to not run for a while after this race, like it's not all going to go away. You don't lose your endurance. You, you you might lose some. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all or nothing with that. Yeah. Not all or nothing. And oftentimes people get caught up. I notice in the permanency of their decision-making, the permanency of things, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah, just because you do this now doesn't mean you have to keep doing it or, you know, it, it, et cetera. Uh, though there is father time is, is permanent. You know, like I, I know that one day, uh, like the, the fun bucket gets filled tremendously with soccer for myself. You know, like I've been playing since I was three years old. I've been obsessed with the game for my entire life. I, mm -hmm. I've, I'll become a coach one day, uh, probably when I have kids, if, if and when that were to occur, you know, eventually. But I, I know that from a playing standpoint, Right. Like, again, I just turned 35 two months ago. I'm in the middle of my spring season. I pay 90 bucks every spring and fall for the privilege of playing soccer with my friends who I've been. Some of these guys have been playing with since I was eight. Some mm. of them since like high school, been on this team for like six or seven years. It's a great group of guys. Yeah. Uh, this year we suck just is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> last year, last year we won the league this year. We got injury bugs and just playing bad and yada, yada, you know, but I, I know that in 10 years, I, I most likely will not be at this level that I'm playing at now. Hmm. And I know in five years, a lot of things need to go right. And that's a focus for me is like, I want to push out the amount of time that I get to express myself physically in this capacity and like do this thing. And, and yeah, I know they've got like master's leagues and I'll be able to like poke around and at 50 and, you know, yada, yada, but I, I'm not going to be like, bombing down the flank and doing a diving header and slide tackles <laughs> and fun shit I'm doing now, you know, and there's only a period of time that I can do that. And so I'm 
cherishing these games and I'm prioritizing my Sundays to do this because I love it. And it's a finite period of time. Mm. And in reality, it's not a huge sacrifice. It's okay. Like if I'm going to travel, I'll do it Thursday through Saturday. If I can, you know, uh, it's a two hour game with an hour total, 30 minutes on each end travel and prep and stuff. It's three hours on a Sunday. Like I can do this, you know, and, and I want to do it and it's checks off, uh, friends bucket and it checks off fitness and health bucket and it checks off the fun bucket, you know, and, Hmm. And again, in a, from a time perspective and a priority perspective, in two decades, I'm definitely not doing it. In one decade, mm-hmm. I might be doing it, but it's going to be at a reduced level. And, and so, you know, that's why I'm not coaching now. That's why I'm not, you know, uh, uh, taking my weekends with a youth team because I want to play right now. You know? mm. And so there's just these different decisions that I'm, I'm making very consciously in the context of gotcha. the time, wealth, health conversation. And mm-hmm. in those, another example. So, so you're like, you're determining and deciding the level that you're in this. Like you're not um, coaching or yeah, 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 organizations yeah. because you want to, you want it to be focused on fun. And by the way, like, why are you thinking that you're not going to be able to do this when you're 55? You totally can. You're doubting. I, I could play. You're no, so doubting play. yourself. No, I know, I know, no. I want to. I, see, I mean, I'm going to see you doing some crazy <laughs> shit. Like, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. My, my, I, I will. I am determined to keep my fitness high for a very long time. You know? And <laughs> I, I had this conversation yesterday with two of my friends. One of them whom plays, and the other who I've worked out with for a really long time. Like, uh. Part of it is because I've spent the past seven or eight months focusing on long, slow distance mm-hmm. and low heart rate, long distance, type two, muscle fibers, et cetera, et cetera. The other is like, I'm getting older every year and not specifically focusing on it, but mm-hmm. I am not. My speed is not what it used to be. My short change of direction, bursts, agility, yeah. acceleration is not what it used to be. And this summer, it's my intention to focus on that, mm. uh, you know, and shift some of my gears from my training perspective so that I can see if I can get some of my speed back uh, so that I can enjoy this for longer. Mm-hmm. But I'm fat. I'm going to be faster now at 35 than at 55. It's just the way that it is, you know, and yeah, in some I, of these and some of these uh, in the speed and agility and power and strength conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and endurance and some other things like probably not i might be better at 55 than i am now but what is uh here's an here's a funny question not the one i wanted to ask you but it's it's here let's 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 deal with it what is something that you can be better at at 55 than at 35 ultra running oh yeah i've heard that yeah you're so your peak, again, peak optimal top power and strength is typically at, you know, 25, 28, can be 30, 32, 35, if you're really, really training it. And then it tends to drop precipitously mm-hmm. with the natural decline in testosterone that occurs as men age. You know, typically I think men lose like 5% of strength per decade, right? And you can offset that with strength training, but it just, it does occur over time. Hmm. Whereas peak aerobic function, P 
peak, you know, cardiovascular function and, you know, long distance endurance type stuff that tends to, uh, be in the late thirties, you know, into the forties has a much slower, less precipitous decline, you know, so mm-hmm. somebody, a 45 year old might be at 90% peak, you know, yeah, the 25 year old might be the highest level of performance at the hundred, but that, that's only 10%, you mm-hmm. know, whereas fitness wise, the 45 year old from a, a power output perspective is much lower down on the scale compared to the 25 year old. And so mm. at 55 endurance stuff would absolutely be, uh, in the game, you know, swimming ultra stuff. Uh, yeah, I've heard that things like in alt, uh, adventure racing is something I want to get into eventually, but there's just more skill sets that I need to tack on. Like that stuff looks fun. Yeah. Compassing and navigating <laughs> compassing compassing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like uh, navigation so, yeah or yeah, orienteering yeah, yeah. orienteering mountaineering yeah etc i've I've, I've looked into some of those races um this was years ago actually when when i was actually seriously considering doing something like that and there's so many different ones that require so many different skill sets and there's some like really intense like multi-week races and that so just sounds cool. that sounds awesome to me so cool so cool carry in, carry out. You got your pack. I mean, I love camping and I love hiking and I love racing. And so I imagine combining all those is right. Uh, going to be down my alley eventually. Um, yeah. Uh, triathlons, you're a triathlon guy. I, so check this out. I bought a gravel bike last April, a hybrid gravel bike. Nice. And cause the buddies at the time that I was, you know, riding with and still riding with are more tending to go off-road than mm-hmm. on-road, but I wanted something that could do both. And uh, I've nerded out over the past couple of years on running science, you know, and, and getting, becoming a better runner, right? And realizing that, that <laughs> first of all, in order to be a better runner, you have to run. You can do all kinds of other shit to have better <laughs> endurance and better you strength. Run. And, yeah. right? You gotta run. You gotta run to be a better runner. And like that, that only recently clicked it's like oh <laughs> you know okay you know but uh running doesn't really translate to cycling at all but mm. cycling translates to running very directly and very mm. intensely and i haven't really cycled much i just got clips after a year you know and so now i've been clipping in for the past month or so and uh i imagine i have a large learning curve to go i feel at every ride getting a little better every ride, but it's still like, I'm not a cyclist and nor have those muscles been trained in that capacity, but I'm stoked for them to be mm-hmm. and see that carry over to my running and then potentially conquer the swimming bug that I have and throw myself into some triathlons. Here. Swimming bug. What is that? Is it a little like irrational fear that you've got? No, it's just, uh, I don't swim well. It doesn't really uh, like, it's the story. Uh, um, you know, like I, I can swim. I won't drown. It's mm-hmm. ugly. It's going to be breaststrokey and head above water. Like, yeah, yeah. I just not a swimmer. Yeah. So you just doesn't mean I won't become how. a swimmer. Yeah. 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 I'm just that's a, a that's a mes- matter of skill. That's easy. Yes. Yes. I I think and going back to the question about like what well, what can you be better at at 55 than at 35? I think it depends on the baseline, like where you start because there's, there's like optimal levels or 
like there's like a a certain amount of skill you can acquire and that's like i remember like when i was coaching crossfit like people could most people would never reach their maximum potential for strength they wouldn't actually reach their one rep max on like a deadlift not because of their strength but because of their skill and it would take sometimes like three to five years to get people up to the skill level where they can then focus on strength and like most people start off like lifting thinking they need to focus on strength but like if you're not even at your capacity of strength you're not really going to improve it so it's a matter of developing skill sets first like anything where the learning curve just to get to baseline is like long mm-hmm. you can make mat- ridiculous improvement from 35 to 55 this is a, i don't know why this conversation is still in my head what i'm imagining is that because i've been talking to a lot of people lately in their 30s in their 40s who like are actually at a transition point like they want to change jobs change careers change lifestyles even and there's often this misconception that you've got you've gone too far <laughs> like you're now that you're 30 something you're pretty much stuck in whatever you decided when you were 20 i'm like that's not true so let's let's find ways to change that and it's typically just a matter of skill acquisition there's a uh this is there's the 100 hour rule that i stole from jesse itzler who's a great entrepreneur and and author and uh really rad influencer guy in his yeah in 50s ultra marathoner too right ultra marathoner yep married to sarah blakely the founder of spanx uh, and i think they're a great example of parenting to be honest uh from a non-parent perspective uh, but the the 100 hour rule is if you spend i think it's like 18 minutes a day so like rounded up to 20 minutes a day on something every day right? You'll have by the end of the year gotten to over a hundred hours in that particular skill set. And thus you'll be better than about 90 to 95% of the world population at that skill. Mm-hmm. So if that's, you know, learning Spanish, like you will be uh, better than all but native Spanish speakers. If you put a hundred hours in at 20 minutes a day, you're juggling a soccer ball. Well, hot damn, you juggle, you challenge nine out of 10 people on the street, you know, not going to be better juggling a soccer ball than you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pick, pick your skill set, and it, and it turns it into a much more chunkable, chunkable thing. Um, uh, understanding that, that, okay, maybe I only do five out of, out of, you know, uh, uh, seven days, but you know, that in that context is going to be better than just putting an hour and a half towards mm-hmm. it one time, you know, and accumulating those little breaks and those little steps and those little chops, and then you've got a skill, like you said, you know, so if I had, if I could create a yeah, little chops, if I could create access to a pool, uh, you know, then that gives me the opportunity to mm-hmm. you know, take that 20 minutes a day, three, four, five, six times a week. And then in a year, mm-hmm. lo and behold, Dave can swim, you know? So I've had this, uh, and, and we're, we're almost at that. We're almost done. This is cool. I love this conversation and where it's going. I've had this like um, concept in my mind that I've been thinking about for a very long time, like at least 10 years now. And it's how can 
how can we learn faster? And that's the question that I've had. Like, how can someone learn at an accelerated rate? Because I've learned some things like really quickly and some other things have taken a lot more time. And I find that now I, I, when I approach a new skill, I can get to like a mastery, no, like, like a confident level of mastery pretty quick. And what I mean by confident level of mastery is like, all right, now I'm at a point where I can really start honing in on skills, like details, but get to a point with most skills where it's like, all right, I'm good enough. It's like passable. Uh, a silly example, I just bought a rope, like, you know, the people do like the rope flow thing. I, I, I always thought that was so cool. And I wanted to learn it. So I bought a rope. And like five or six days in, and I'm whipping like these really cool tricks and at a level where I can sort of play with it as an art versus just screwing around, you know? You know, what's really cool about that, Matt, is is that skill, once you learn it, it might be rusty, but it won't go away completely. Like you were saying like earlier with bike. <laughs> the strength. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, uh, my buddy had a slack line three or four years ago in his backyard and I was living mm. with him for a while and I just couldn't freaking do it, but it was right next to this fence. And I could, I started to be like, just hang on to the fence and do it. And I, you know, yada, yada. And I pulled the slack line, I ended up getting one. You know, and I pulled it out of a bag and stuck it up in the in the front yard for the first time since probably October, November, when it started getting really cold out and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, now we got spring here and pulled it out for the for the season and walked down, turn around, walk back, hopped off. And I was like, holy shit. Still got look it. Look at that. <laughs> still, still got it. You know, so sometimes these skills, you know, it, and it, it was a little wobbly when I first got mm. on. Right. But. But was back uh, quick. sometimes yeah. they stay. Yeah, they they become they become ingrained and they come back quick. Uh, so if it's a skill and it's a good habit, that's a good thing. If mm -hmm. it's a bad habit or a shitty skill <laughs> or a bad pattern or something, that's not you know. Yeah. An example of how tough it can be to change sometimes. What that's a really cool example of, Dave is like, no, like like the skill is always there. Which what which what really means is like you're it's somewhere lodged in like your unconscious mind if you want to say it's it's somewhere in your memory and it gets triggered by an experience so like when you if you don't touch a slack line for a while like where is that skill where is it it's somewhere it's you still have the skill but it's in sort of in your memory right and once that thing gets like becomes gets and comes into your awareness like you see the slack line, you set it up, it's there, you put your feet on it, they feel it for the first time in a while. And they're like, Ooh, this is familiar, but not quite sure. And you're, you know, sort of wobbly. And then all of a sudden, everything's back, that trigger being feet go on it, right. But I imagine you're like, your body started loading the skill up, like, before it that even happened, like, as you recognized, oh. like, Oh, this thing is here, I'm going to start to remember how to do this. And you, you're like thinking about it and you're remembering in your mind, like, oh, I remember I used to do this and I would be able to walk all the way down. So like, you're just like tapping into, you're uploading the document or the file or in a way. So you can, I, so I had can to access remember it. how to, <laughs> I had to remember how to, how to do the ratchet strap so I can actually do the thing. And I, was, I was like, oh my God, does it goes in this way? goes in what, you know, so I was priming myself exactly for yeah. that. Going no, through, absolutely right. just revisiting, revisiting, yeah. which is cool because you weren't intending on doing that, like learning it. 
So the, like, there was no intention to do that. It just sort of happens. The same thing, like you said, happens for your, uh, your negative habits, like the stuff that you do uh, by, and doesn't re- result in like a positive outcome mm-hmm. like that also becomes ingrained and can be triggered and can come back just like yes. this cool skill. Everything in that way is in that regard is like a skill that's, that's accessible when there's certain triggers, like you had to go through certain patterns to get your feet onto the slack line. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Hey, that's something I can get better at at 55 than 35 too. Probably your balance doesn't yeah. really change. And if, unless you let it, if you're drunk, yeah. maybe proprioception will stay largely yeah. until you're like 70, 70, 60, 70s. How can we make this, all this stuff we talked about, we talked about some cool stuff, cool concepts, but how can we make this really practical for people listening who are like, not as, they don't think as much about their thinking. Hmm. Who could be listening that doesn't think about their thinking? <laughs> hmm. uh, you're no, right. Uh, most, most of our friends do. <laughs> um, I do hope to reach people though, who are like, they see this as a potential future for them, them being able to yes. manage their five buckets and them being able cool. to like stay present and, and focused and also practice and develop these skill sets. What's something yeah, practical? Yeah, yeah. Something practical. This, this exercise really helped me out a lot. I did this back in 2019 when I was very stressed and overwhelmed and depressed and not doing a lot of the things that I wanted to do. Uh, first I had to take audit of my, standard day slash standard week because sometimes my Mondays were different than my Wednesdays or whatever but you know take an audit which for me meant literally opening a notebook looking at my calendar brainstorming taking 30 minutes and writing down line by line every thing that I did Hmm. every single thing that I did from a personal standpoint from a professional standpoint from a life standpoint all the stuff ended up with like six notebook pages worth. And then I've got a big uh, a whiteboard. You could do this with big paper. You know, my whiteboard is probably like three by th- three feet by three feet or something like that. And I made three columns and I put uh, have to do in the middle. And then I put hate to do on the mm-hmm. left and love to do on the right. And I started and I just like started from the top and it was the first item on my list. And I looked at it and I was like, huh, okay, where does this go? Is this a have to do item? Some things in life you just have to do, right? Is this a love to do item or is this a hate to do item? And if it wasn't on that list, I kind of put it off to the side on a separate, separate little sheet. And I ended up with, you know, a, a large list of my tasks, so to speak, and my life really on paper, or at least it's how I was living and choosing to live it at that time, uh, on a whiteboard. And I had uh, highlighted the things that I love to do. And I immediately decided to do more of those. Hmm. And I had a list of the things that I hated to do, many of which did not overlap with the have to do. And I immediately took place or took steps to eliminate those. Uh, for example, I was teaching a 6 a.m. and 6 a.m. or 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. workout class 25 minutes away every Wednesday. I did that for like two years straight. We'd have mm. 15 or 20 people to the 6 p.m. We'd have two to five people to the 6 a.m. And I didn't want to do the 6 a.m. anymore. I hadn't wanted to do the 6 a.m. for 
probably six plus months. And I had all these stories about all the terrible things that were going to happen when I canceled the class and <laughs> none, none of them happened. And I immediately checked off something that I hated to do and my life got better. Right. And then, you know, it, it was just a really simple exercise for me to take stock of where I'm at, how I'm spending my time and how I could do more of the things that I love and less of the things that I hated while highlighting the things that I really like had to do to keep the gears of the ship turning. And it instantly made my life better in like literally like an hour exercise. <laughs> it's uh, that simple. It, yeah. It was, it was, it was just really easy for me to see it all on a page and then just decide like, okay, these like seven things we're just not going to do anymore. And there were very little ramifications, if any, for any, for ceasing to do those seven and eight things. And that immediately made my life better just by the process of less things that I didn't like. I imagine as soon as you make that decision to, like as soon as the decision is made to let this go, it oh, relieves, a, it relieves uh, all yeah, the pressure. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. and just for like, for anyone listening, imagine all the things that you're holding on to because you think you have to, but they're not actually have to have to things like it's not breathing or water or food. Like it's a and that big breath, that big breath and that gut feeling, that'll let you know. Yeah. Too. You know, as soon as I made that call, it was like, oh well, duh, that's the right call. Mm -hmm. I'd been like, it's been in my gut that that was the call for so long. But then that breath really tuned me in and allowed me to understand what was really a have to do item, as you were yeah. saying. I really love how simple that exercise is too. It, it it's something people can do right now in like five minutes that's gonna make a massive like difference in then in, in like immediately not tomorrow like right away simply by becoming aware of all of these things just being exactly. aware of the you things know, that you love and that you hate and the fact that you're doing them and then it start it triggers like these other responses and hopefully you know, doesn't and, trigger and you could, any anything crazy and uh, you could take it a step further by doing a yeah. start and a stop and I keep and, going and list a continue list. Yeah. As well, yeah, exactly. I like that too. Simple stuff. Uh, what else do I got? I love your podcast, man. Serious fun. I listened Thank to you, the, man. I listened to the first episode. I didn't get through the others yet and I will. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, it's hysterical, man. It's really funny. Brooks <laughs> does a great job and Mike does a great job uh uh producing it live brooks because it does a great job of producing the concept and getting all the clips beforehand and my role uh which brooks and i joke joking and it's serious and it's jokingly like it's 50 50 because i go into this not knowing anything about the show and i get super triggered and it's just like <laughs> these you know these just like made the whole point is to make dave upset that's like the whole point of the show for brooks and so it's you know it's topics that are uh, hot button topics for your boy over here and mm. it's pretty funny i imagine it's stuff you don't get to talk about too so it's like a cool opportunity i i'm learning a lot uh some of the stuff the stuff i don't really get to talk about certainly not not on social media uh right and you know it's stuff that is just interesting which is mm call it interesting we'll call about it the world today things that are going on have gone on recently very interesting matt i noticed you guys published like what four episodes so far are, are there plans for yep. more yeah because we record live uh we actually i kind of messed this up uh we were supposed to 
we published the first four and then we were going to do like uh every week in april just mm. drip them here's episode one here's episode two here's episode three and four and, and i got really excited and forgot that that was the plan and just <laughs> sent it out to everyone that i knew here uh, here's all four episodes dive in yada yada you know and and like brooks and mike were like all right here's the plan that's the plan let's, let's do that so <laughs> Uh, you know, adaptable, go with the flow, learn from mistakes, et cetera. That's pretty awesome too. Uh, yeah, it was funny. I, what I find is like, uh, if I listen to the first episode and I like it, then I'm going to want to go right to the second episode. Like it's, it's kind of like Netflix, like give me a small chunk so I can binge on it and then I'll, I'll feel satisfied and then I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, these are very saturated episodes. Like they're yeah. they're good, hearty, meaty episodes, you know. But we did want to want to have people have that binge available. So the next one is going to be we're recording it live at uh, our mutual friend Captain Taylor Morgan's immersion up in Minnesota in about ten days or so for first week of May, and then we're going to be on a on a recording binge while Brooks is back in. Richmond for May and June, and then I think we're going on the road to record some episodes uh, in a couple of cities, like we'll hit Austin, uh, mm. a couple other different places, and that'll take us up to Chase Tolleson and I's immersion in Idaho in July. And yeah, man, it's gonna be a fun, nice, fun man. couple Ad- months. Adventure packed, a couple months. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So serious fun that's on uh, all the platforms, I imagine. Yep, all the platforms. We're going to have uh, all the above. Yeah, we're going to have video video podcasts starting in uh, probably starting in May with the release of this next episode. So we're pumped about that, adding that to the equation. But um, yeah, man. And then professionally, I'm at DaveRobinson.coach on Instagram and Mm WorkYourStories.com for story work. That's those are the main main uh, gigs going right now until you start hearing about my permaculture stuff. If you mm. find find yourself in Richmond and want a bunny, let me know. <laughs> bunny <laughs> or some quail eggs, right? Yeah, some quail eggs or some nice swish shark <laughs> cut flowers. Oh man, I love it. Thanks for um, thanks for joining me today. This was fun. And super fun. fun. Thank you, Matt. Always is. Appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Sounds good.